welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? Uh, it's we're going pretty good. It's a, it's a Tuesday evening. Uh, All star games going down here in Cleveland, Ohio. That's right. Saw uh, uh, Kate Upton walking the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Hubba hubba. Oh, I feel like oh, Kate Upton's here. I'm like, oh, it's, what am I, I doing at wish home? Wish I was there by her. She's <laughs> like, what do you mean? I'm like, you know what I mean. You know exactly what I mean. I'm a big, I'm a big Kate Upton fan personally. She's uh she's a work of art. I guess is the best way to put it. My opinion, my sole opinion. <laughs> uh, I don't throw the word around love often, except to Garrett last week. It's true. But I love her. But you love her. Do you, I don't know her. Do you love no. her more than me, though? Because now I'm, now I'm self-conscious. Look at me in the eyes. I love her way more than you. <laughs> Feels right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back again this week uh, talking NFC West. We're going to wrap up our divisions today. And tonight, we're gonna, next week, we're getting right back into the summer talk, which is a lot of some evergreen episodes. We're going to talk about, like, dynasty startups, mm-hmm. possibly. When this mock draft tool drops, we're going to do a mock draft. It's going to be pretty fun. Uh, the Nerd Herd episodes, we're going to do sleepers, I think, next week, or, you know, buy lows, one of the two. We'll figure it out. You won't hear it, though, unless you're a Nerd Herd member. Make sure you sign up. That's right. Missing out on all these other division talks. Some good talk back there. Great talk. These are, we're wrapping on the NFC and AFC West. There's two good divisions with some quality dynasty players here. We're going to talk about all of them. But before we do, how about a word from our sponsor? DynastyOwner.com. That's right, DynastyOwner.com. Remember, they had that big beta group that we uh, filled up real quick, and all those guys got free Dynasty Owner for life. But there's still time for you, my friends. There's still time for you for free Dynasty Owner for life. That's right, it's filled but there's still time. All you have to do is sign up and help them out with their beta. If you go to dynastyowner.com, there is a link to their Indiegogo campaign. If you don't know what it is, it's a crowdfunding site for the newer, their new ideas. It's a great way to financially support a website and things that they're going to do. And then they give you some cool stuff in, in between and have some pretty cool stuff. They do have some good. Yeah, they do have some good stuff there. Yeah. You have a $99 tier, which you get free uh, team for five years, which is $500 value. It's pretty good, right? 500 bucks. Very nice. Buy a lot of stuff for 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Each of the next four levels are going to give you a team of for free for life, for life, for life. Yeah. So if you're like 12, that's a lot of free (laughs) dynasty owner. I mean, a lot. Um, so at the $250, you get everything up ahead and you get a dynasty owner hat and a shirt and the life, a life, you get a better life. You get a better a life owner. and a dynasty owner team for life, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at $500, you get a team for life, a hat, a shirt, a dynasty owner etched Yeti. Keep those beverages nice and fresh and cold. Ooh. Yeah. Yetis are everywhere nowadays. They sure are. I have like Yetis all over. I have a White Claw Yeti. I have a regular Yeti. I have a Yeti bag. I mean, there was a time where Yetis were just mythical beasts, but now they're everywhere. They, they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, abracadabra, the Yetis aren't so far mythical. Mystical? Myth- mythical? Mythical. Yeah. The TH is really good. <laughs> YTH is not up my alley. The mythical. <laughs> There's no G in it, so I'm okay. Um, so then where are we at? The, the $1,000. It's it's Wow, it's starting to get really cool. You get a free team for life, hat, T-shirt, and two tickets to any Monday Night Football game you want in 2019 or 2020. Dang. 
I mean, what if they play Monday Night Football in like Japan? They could. I don't know if that qualifies, but who knows? It might. I don't know. It's probably continental United States, I would imagine. Possibly. Possibly. What if it's in Mexico? Yeah, you read the fine print. Who knows? Read the fine print. I can't make. I can't. I can't say this. Um, So then you're probably wondering what the five thousand dollars is, unless you've listened to this show before, and then you already know because you get all that stuff, the Monday Night Football tickets, and then you get a week free stay at Casa de Sofia in Mexico. Mexico, Matt. Mexico. It's a house in Mexico? Matt, it's always warm in Mexico. It sure is. So if you're listening to this in Antarctica, guess what? You get a free house for a week in Mexico by donating to DynastyOwner.com. And it fits eight people, four couples. So bring your friends. The house alone rents for like $8,000, $12,000 per week. So you're getting that for free with your $5,000 $5, purchase. Check out the Indiegogo campaign for all the rules and regulations. But this is pretty legit. Check out the house at Luxury zlo.com and you will see how incredible it is go to dynastyowner.com and click the link for the indiegogo campaign and check out the dynasty owner podcast on youtube itunes spotify and google play and with that we get into the nfc west and nfc west has a lot of intriguing players here to talk about from a dynasty perspective and we're gonna get some clarification right now we're gonna solve the world problem of the nfc west you guys ready for this got it got it i am ready Ready to go Mm mm-hmm Let's start off with a team that has a lot of dynasty assets on it, the L.A. Rams. Now, you're talking about a team with Jared Goff, who finished his quarterback number seven last year. Todd Gurley, who was the number one overall fantasy running back last year. They draft Daryl Henderson. They uh, signed Malcolm Brown. They signed a Detroit Lions uh, offer sheet for they, him. They matched it, yep. Two tight ends that are uh, somewhat of a question mark. We talk about Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby. Everett was tight end 22. You had Tyler Higby tight end 31. Cooper Cup only played eight games last year. Mr. Moscow Mule himself, but still finished as wide receiver 51 in those eight games. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Josh Reynolds at receivers. And the receiving core is very solid. Those are all three assets that everybody wants on their dynasty team. You have Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, who last year, Robert Woods was wide receiver number 11 overall, wide receiver one. Cooks was wide receiver 13. And they're both going off back-to-back quality years. In 2017, Cooks was wide receiver 15, and Robert Woods was wide receiver 32. But as wide receiver 32, he did miss some games there. He only played in 12 games. Weeks 1 through 10, he was wide receiver 15, one spot ahead of Cooks. And then in 2016, obviously, Robert Woods was still uh, in a bad situation, finished as wide receiver 67, and Cooks is wide receiver 10. Do you think Brandon Cooks, guys, is underrated when it comes to the dynasty community i know i really like brandon cooks uh one of our writers uh jordan richards uh richardson he does not like brandon cooks at all he made it known on twitter several times about how he thinks he's terrible um so if you're listening i'm sorry jordan uh that being said i actually do like cooks um he's had what five straight years of over a thousand yards and so for somebody that on a weekly basis might be a little bit up and down his numbers are there at the end of each and every season. So I think he's I think he is one of the more overlooked uh high end wide receiver twos uh in fantasy football. I mean, has there been a, a young wide receiver? I mean, this guy's only twenty five years old that's changed teams this many times in his that's short crazy. career already. Sammy Watkins. Well, I mean, I guess Sammy Watkins as well. And that's another guy that's probably going, you know, under the flying under the radar. And it, and it, and when teams are you know, when guys are constantly switching teams, going from you know, offense to offense to offense, they can putter and have 
some, you know, some, some slow points of their, you know, season here and there. So, you know, I, I do like Brandon cooks. I'm not like, I don't think he's the best wide receiver ever. I, th- I think he's a very viable guy, though, and especially in the offense that he's in currently. He's been a top 15 receiver on all three teams he's been on. Right. So to me, that's more impressive. Let's get this guy some you know steady playbook, steady system to go in here, and Sean McVay's system, who he's locked up to that team for the next four-plus four more years, which can likely even sign another extension after that. So we might still have the best to come out of you know Brandon Cooks. He, I mean, last year's yardage total was as highest of his career. So that was, I mean, you know, you can only think it could get better from there. You know what I mean? It, and that's why it's good from an underrated standpoint. Because sure. Brandon Cooks is one of those guys who, like Garrett said, like, he, okay, he's a wide receiver too. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But, like, wide receiver two, almost where he finished last year, where he's wide receiver 13. That kind of wide receiver two. Right. Wide receiver 15. Um, back in 2016, he finished as wide receiver 10 overall. So that's the kind of usage he has. Maybe he could surpass Brandon uh, – Robert Woods and finishes wide receiver 11 wide receivers like that are usually when it comes to dynasty fantasy football, extremely hard to get right guys mm-hmm. who, who show consistency. We're talking about guys like Michael Thomas, you know, like who's in a different echelon, but you like those guys because you know what they're going to do year in year out. Like we mentioned this all the time, the running back list for running back ones switches every single year. Hashtag two to three year window. When it comes to running backs, the reliever, the receiver list is pretty consistent those names that are on there you're gonna see those top names on there year in year out it's, Devontae it's, Adams, right Odell it's usually Beckham. an injury that that takes a guy one of those guys off you know not just old age or ineffectiveness it's usually an injury or something like that that's the thing a running back could get the same amount of usage and still go from running back four to running back 15 with the same amount of carries the same mm-hmm. amount of usage because it's that everything else you know he relies on his system he relies on everything around him you can stack the box against a receiver I know you could double team a receiver but you can still beat that um where the receivers, they're pretty consistent. And Brandon Cooks, back to my point is, he could be had. You're talking about a yep. young receiver. You mentioned his age, which is 26? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I, I, who's locked up on one of the most dynamic offenses in the NFL today, and he could be had on your dynasty team for, you know, I'm not saying he's cheap, but you can get Brandon Cooks for a 2021st plus, you know? You don't think, you get, you don't think some people give you even a guy like maybe Kenny Galladay? who is also 26 years old. I think people fail to realize that Kenny Galladay is an older receiver. Brandon, Brandon Cooks is 25. He'll be 26. So Kenny Galladay is older than Brandon Cooks. I bet Crazy. you can take Kenny Galladay and add something to it and get a guy like Brandon Cooks. Sure. I mean, people are going gaga over Galladay. Yeah, I not me. I, I made a bold prediction uh, on Twitter. I was like, Marvin Jones will be the number one fantasy producing receiver on that team. Well, it's not even me. Like, I like Galladay. I think he's a solid receiver, but I'm not going to be. He's, he's about like a, two months or a month and a half younger, um, Galladay. Just let you know. Than Cooks? Yep. Oh, he is? Yep. Still well, basically a month and a half. Age. Yeah, basically the same age. Yep. But again, you're talking about a guy who has, is ready to break out to show you something that's the same age. For a, We're talking about a guy who's been consistent high end receiver. Absolutely. Yep. And the point is, those guys usually, again, are really hard to come by. I mean, in a guy like Tyler Boyd, who had a breakout season last year, his price went and weighed up. But you think Tyler Boyd's price tag is going to be drastically behind Brennan Cooks? Uh, I think they're pretty close right now. I can check uh, the ADP, but I think they're only three or four wide receivers apart. That's It's not a lot. So, I mean, this is a guy that's if – you're, if you're a contender, this is a guy you should probably go out and try and trade for. This is a quality asset on your team that should be consistent for the next four to five years on your roster. And for the price tag, I think he's I think you're gonna be pretty happy with the return you get. And I know we love those 2020 picks, but 
you, we mentioned this before. I think we're going to have a lot of this conversation going into this summer and throughout the football season where I think there's a good chance you should end up u- utilizing this 2020 pick if you can to get back quality. And Brendan Cooks is the kind of quality where I feel like we're normally it's to be hard to get, and you can use that Gaga over instead of Gaudi, even 2020 picks to get a guy like Brandon Cooks. Like, would you give a 2022nd, a 2023rd, and Kenny Galladay for Brandon Cooks? Uh, yeah, I'm not like a I'm not a huge Galladay guy, and I, I like I like Brandon Cooks more, and, and a second and a third, and in literally almost any draft, I'm, I'm okay getting rid of for a quality player. That's close. That sounds about about right. Okay. It's just something I want to throw out there. I think that's I think it's a good move to make for and the I mean, best team. You might not even have to give that. Kenny Galladay and Brandon Cooks, their ADP is literally back-to-back. So you might not even have to give that. Man, Dynasty's silly sometimes. And sometimes people make it a lot harder than it really is. Yeah, to so me, you can probably do it straight up, honestly. To me, that is ridiculous. I was wrong on Boyd, though. The, the gap is larger than I thought. They're about 15 spots at wide receiver apart. Kenny Galladay is the first name that popped into my head for somebody that, like, that hype trains up, and yeah, you know he's up there. But also look at the offense. He I was gonna is say, in. Oh, that's exactly the point I was going to make, man. I mean, they want to run the ball, and, and on the very flip side, you're in a you know spread them out and throw the heck out of the ball type of offense. If you're you know a Rams fan, so it's they're completely different. And, and from a fantasy span, standpoint, you want the Rams, especially for a wide receiver. You want that. You want to be in that offense. You want guys from that offense. Yeah, I would approach that. Like, if I'm a Kenny Galladay owner and I don't own Cooks, I'm 100% now, if you're looking at ADP, like, approaching the owner. I'm like, hey, I'll give you Galladay for Cooks. Just see what it is. I mean, if he goes, dude, what are you, crazy? You know? Then you're like, okay, well, what, what else would you want just to see? But if he's like, hey, he might he might rebuttal to you with, like, some offer that you didn't even care about. Like, hey, give me Brandon Cooks and, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham. Or Kenny Galladay and Jimmy Graham. You know, something stupid right. like that. Or give me your 2023rd. And they're just trying to, like, oh, I'll do this straight up, but let me see if I can fleece him for the 2023rd. Sure. Meanwhile, he's the one getting fleeced. Because even if Kenny Galladay pans out in that offense and that system, you're ta- you're hoping Kenny Galladay finishes his wide receiver 13 overall. You know what I mean? Yep. That's that's the reason. So that's Brandon Cook's conversation. Robert Woods, another guy who's undervalued, who's who's been consistent these last couple of years. Now, he's a little older. His contract's going to end up sooner, and they got Cup there. So you'd imagine that Cup would be groomed for the role of that Robert Woods role there. But you still got about two solid more years out of Robert Rule, uh, out of Robert Woods. We all like Moscow Mule, right? I love him, man. And he's a solid chain mover, possession mm-hmm. mover. Everything he did out of college, he's done so far in the NFL. Love him on the sideline. Do you guys anything have anything to say about the tight ends? Uh, I actually do. Um, right now, Gerald Everett is tight end 36 in ADP. So he's basically free. Um, I, I'm not saying he has elite upside, but he compared to some of the other tight ends that are old, injured, banged up guys, I, I love that value. So in my last pick or last couple rounds, I, I love to try to, to stash him. And he's a he's a good safety blanket for you. I mean, and, and he's a young guy. You know what I mean. Yep. We always talk about these guys taking three, sometimes even four years to really come into their own at the tight end position. So he's in a really great offense. I mean, they they do run a lot of of sets that exclude the tight ends, and the, the, you know they have a bunch of wide receivers on on the on the field. So that somewhat caps his upside. But from a from a you know just an athletic standpoint, when he came out, we we really liked him. So I, he's a he's a prospect I'm not ready to give up on, and and at 
you know, 36, tight end 36, that's that's crazy value yeah. as far as just a developmental guy. And remember, this was Sean McVay's guy because they already drafted Tyler Higby a little bit higher, and they went in and took Gerald Everett. And we said at the time, like, this is going to be his Jordan Reed clone. Like, this right. is what we were hoping to turn into a Jordan Reed clone. And I think you could really get some more value if they eventually do move on from Robert Woods here in the next couple of years. Sure. Gerald Everett could even get a bigger boost with that youth. And this is his third year, so we should technically see a step up in Gerald Everett. Uh, as Tyler Higby slowly gets out of his rookie contract, I think this is going to be his last year. Uh, that is, this will be his fourth year, so that'll be his last year. On, so he's even free up yep. more. So Gerald Everett's definitely a nice get if you can get him just on upside alone. Like with that ADP, that's tremendous value Absolutely. for your dynasty team for a nice stash that you can get for free. Um, and this was a this was a high trade. a high second round pick. I mean, he was like the the twelfth pick or something like that in the second round. So it's not like they just they pick this guy up in the fourth round and they're just kind of you know let's see if this guy works out. It's he's a, he's a pretty high pick. So they have some they have some capital at least invested in this. That's guy. got buy written all over that. Um, and I'm going to dig a little bit more into that too for a future episode. But that has buy all over yeah, for me for Gerald Everett draft draft commitment system handpicked player for Sean McVay who was a tight ends coach at the time. Um, and people going before. out the door. Target's going to be available in the next, you know, coming year or so. Yeah. And an offense that's on the come. You know, or that it's already there. So yeah. if everybody wants a piece of this offense, why wouldn't you want that tight end? And when we're all looking for that next tight end, and definitely for one for this cost, like the value of that right Basically now, it, it's, it's ridiculous. And when we say free, when you got an ADP of 36 at your position, definitely a tight end, you're practically free. There's 32 teams. <laughs> There's, There's backups that are getting taken ahead of him. That's gross. Yeah. That's really gross. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, in his defense, Dallas Goddard's pretty good. That Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I do like Dallas Goddard a lot. Uh, one quick note. Um, da- uh, Cooper Cup, it's it's looking very questionable whether he will actually be able to start the year, um, actually being able to play games. He might start on the pup list. Uh, so Reynolds might be a sneaky play if you're desperate for um, a receiver. He might be somebody to look at. Tall. Lanky, right. quick, good hands. We mentioned this, uh, Matt, I think sometime last year. Josh Reynolds is a good stash and not to cut, even though the emergence of Cup uh, came out because he's going to be a free agent after this year too. And he could be one of those nice sneaky guys that ends up signing somewhere. And you're like, you know, for, to the average casual player, people are like, oh, where'd he come from? Yeah, you know, he's on a he's on a run almost a la Robert Woods, who was trapped in Buffalo for a while, and then he comes to, all of a sudden goes to L.A. and you're like, oh wow, look at this guy producing at a high level, ridiculous. Yeah. I think Josh Reynolds definitely has a skill set where he could be a nice number two receiver on a team and help them out. So we, I don't know who's all free agents next year, but I still like Josh Reynolds as a stash just in case when he does sign elsewhere. He might contribute because he's shown flashes throughout his entire time in L.A. I was going to say anybody that has shown or flashed, like you say, as much as he has and is coming up on on free agency is a worthy stash, in in my opinion. I bet he's on 30% of people's waivers wires right now. Yep, especially those smaller leagues. definitely. I've held him on our our oldest league. I've had Josh Reynolds forever, and I'm super low at receiver. And I get sometimes I gotta make room, and I always see Josh Reynolds. Like I'm not cutting Josh. Like I'm waiting on him until the 2020 season to see where he goes and where he lands. I know we were on vacation, and you were like you were mulling it over. You're like I can't I can't cut Josh Reynolds. I'll just cut somebody else. It's fine. I can't cut Josh Reynolds. I That's how I feel. I stand by what I say. Yeah. I don't say anything on this podcast for show, even when I talk about my balls. Um. <laughs> So let's get. So we talked about all those guys, receivers there. Josh Reynolds, the biggest here. Um, we haven't talked about Jared Goff, but what does there to say? He was tight end quarterback number seven overall last year. He's he's going to be solid. I, I see Josh Jared Goff there 
consistently, right around anywhere from quarterback four to quarterback seven overall. Yeah. He was our comparison guy last week. We compared him to like everybody, so I feel like we've talked about him quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, we kind of crushed him. Yep. And then the big elephant in the room here is Todd Gurley, the num- quarterback, running back number one overall by a good, you know, was it like 20, 15 points, something along those lines? He finished the running back one? Um, it was a lot, yes. I can't remember right off the top of my head, but I'll pull it up while we're talking. I want to see it like about in a PPR league, right around like 311 points, if I can somehow remember that right. Uh, but Gurley is obviously everybody's bailing ship fast. I mean, he's sinking quicker than the Titanic. It's ridiculous out here. He's going to be at the bottom of the ocean soon. People have just given up the knee, even though he's super young. And arthritis is a problem. And right now, I feel like you can't sell Gurley. Like everybody wants him for, you know, they would literally want to bend you over yeah. and give it to you really bad. Not even good. They don't want to give it to you good. They want to give it to you bad. They get Gurley. So Gurley was the tight end one through. Wow, he's the number one tight end too. I mean, he's that good. <laughs> he's that good. He I would be. It. I mean, with, I believe a, it. with these kind of numbers. But uh, <laughs> the running back one through, through week 15 because he didn't play 16 or 17. Okay. He dropped a couple spots, you know, if you go for the full year. At the end of the year, after week 17, he wasn't running back one still? No. Okay. Um, McCaffrey was ahead of him and Saquon. Well, that's what happens when you don't play a full year. Yep. And that's the question here with Gurley is will he play the whole year? Was last year the arthritis just something happened? Is it like a free thing? But he's still really young here. Are we buying Gurley because the price has dropped so low? I mean, Scott Fishbowl, I got him in. I had to pick 1-5. I got him in the second round. I've seen him go all the way to the back end of the second round in startup drafts. Now, in a startup draft, a regular dynasty draft, I don't really, I would never take him because I'm not taking a running back to high anyway. So this this doesn't even that doesn't make, equate right equate to me. But for trade value right now, like some of these trades that you're seeing Gurley go for, you're like, oh, I'd give up that for Gurley. Like, is this something that people should be attacking? Are they should people be throwing their 2020 first and plus a little something on top for Gurley? I mean, if you're in contention, yeah, I mean, you're not gonna be able to 26. Point five seven nine points per game is what he what he scored last year. How are you going to get that anywhere else? He's twenty four years old. I mean, yes, he's arthritic. Yes, it could be. It's an a issue. short career, but I mean, you're talking like the the twenty the age of twenty seven. Yeah, twenty eight. Right. Who cares? For the next three years, you have this guy that is scoring you twenty five points per game when he's on the field. And guess what? His contract's basically for running back money, guaranteed for the next three years. Right. Yeah. So, sure, they're probably going to manage it. There's probably going to be in times when you're missing him, but when you have him and he's in the game, it's going to be it's going to be running back one. Numbers. Yeah, I think it's I think his per game touches will probably go down, but I think he's going to be hyper efficient with those touches. And so um, he's not somebody I'm I'm looking for long term. And if I get him, I'm definitely wanting to make sure I get Henderson as well. Uh, I want I want both of those pieces. Uh, but depending on the price, I would absolutely be willing to buy. Um, I've seen some crazy deals go down and, and there's plenty of those where I was like, as much as I'm not a girly truther in any way, that's that's stupid cheap. And I would absolutely buy. Yeah. I think Daryl Henderson hype is way overblown. And I think the girly scared people scared of girly is way overblown too. I think we're looking at two different spectrums. I think people are way overdrafting a guy like Daryl Henderson. We talked about this forward in a rookie drafts. Like you would take him over justice Hill. I think that's silly. I wouldn't to me. Henderson is nothing but a change of pace running back in here in L.A. And people just assume that because of our Gurley's knee, that he's going to be the starter soon. But again, Gurley's guaranteed money is going to run all the way through Henderson's rookie contract. Henderson is not going to be the guy here in L.A. 
anytime soon. Like, it literally, Gurley's going to have to retire for Henderson to be the guy. And I just don't see that happening. I don't think the knee's that bad. Now, obviously, I don't know. I don't know his medical reports. I don't know what's going on there. But to me, I think this, I think the Gurley news, I think it's because what happened at the end of the year and in the Super Bowl, and his knee was hurt. I, clearly, it was hurt because the way he played and played in the Super Bowl, he was hurt. And I think people are just taking that now like he's going to be hurt forever. That's like saying, oh, don't draft A. Well, people aren't drafting A.J. Green, you know, because <laughs> he's hurt. Or, hey, let's not draft Odell Beckham. He missed He missed a, He missed. missed a total of 16 games these last two years. He missed a season. You think people are freaking out over Odell Beckham? No. No, because he's young. Because he's young. Guess who else is young? Gurley. Gurley. You know what I mean? They're, they're really pigeonholing Gurley here like, like it's the end of the road. Like, boys and men are singing. This is it. You know what I mean? We're we're at it. We're not going to see it anymore. Oh, come on, keep giving it to me. I can't. Just go ahead. You're not even close. Just I know. You're even, you're, like they're in Philadelphia. You're in Sacramento. Yep. Um, I just think this is a really good time to actually make an offer for Gurley because once the season starts, we're going to see it again. This window is going to shrink pretty drastically. Like we're already seeing the Tyreek Hill window close pretty quickly here. The Gurley come week one. This girly window is going to snap shut when he scores thirty points in the first week. You know yeah, what I mean? It's a hundred percent. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like this, when when he's on the field, he's going to produce. It's it's just going to be there's going to be times and that he's they're going to manage it and, and stuff it, like that. And if he gets through the whole season, which is possible, the window's closed. Like that's it. The window's right. gone. Right. Like there's very we see these windows open for players like this occasionally. And it's always due to injury and like the tire kill thing. Get that quick. A lot of these players, when you see this happen, you have to act quick. And now this, we've had a prolonged summer with this girly news. And we got about another month and a half to act on it. I'd act on it in almost every single league uh, today is what I would do. I would try and gain girly. Yes, you might get him only for two, three years, but maybe get him a little bit longer. But those two to three years will make you a championship contender and put you over the edge and help you win. And if you win three years in a row in your dynasty league with Todd Gurley, and then all of a sudden his leg falls off and he's an amputee, well, you have your trophies to lean on, and you're going to be good to go. Use that for a peg leg. I was going to say you can fashion that as a peg leg. You Boom. Sure, that'd, that'd be a sexy-ass peg leg, too, walking around like, what kind of leg is that? Like, it's a dynasty trophy. See my name? It's right there three years in a row. That's a true dynasty. It never even happened. Look at You don't see anybody else's name? It's Rich Dotson, Rich Dotson, Rich Dotson. That, then you... Then you get, guess what you do after that? The easiest position to refill is the running back position. You go ahead and you start it all over again. Make the move. I, I Some people might get overpaid, but if you're giving up a guy like, you know, Darius Geis, you know, Miles Sanders. I love Miles Sanders. If I can give up Miles Sanders and plus, I'm doing it. If I can give up by 2021st and then some guy like Mark Ingram, you know, or something. If I give up Darius Geis in a 2021st for Todd Gurley, I'm doing it. Yeah. All day. Todd Gurley's a rare, rare star. Short window, rare star, buying. Moving on, next team. Moving on. Let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Now, here's a team that's not a star studded event. All right. There's not a lot of red, red carpet here, there's a lot of youth. Yep. A lot of youth. We got the quarterback in Kyler Murray, rookie David Johnson. Running back number nine overall last year, backed up by Chase Edmonds. Tight ends, nothing to like love here. You know, you got Ricky Seals Jones, Charles Clay, Max Williams, receivers, super young, Christian Kirk, Hakeem Butler, Andy Isabella, Chad Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, and ever uh intriguing Kevin White. Will Kevin White make the team? No. Probably not. 
But he's big and he's fast. And West Virginia had that one great fantastic year. It would take he's some, DK Metcalf. It would take some serious injuries. Man, he's DK Metcalf, and you love DK Metcalf. <laughs> do, oh, I'm not, oh, do I'm looking at the wrong. I'm sorry, Garrett. He's DK Metcalf, <laughs> and you love DK Metcalf. No. Oh, okay. No, we love. No. You. Okay. So let's talk about the Cardinals here. Wrong room, fool. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest star here is David Johnson, uh, running back number nine overall last year. Do we feel like he's going to do better than running back nine this year? Everybody loves David Johnson this year. They love him a ton. I'm still worried about him. I mean, does he have potential to catch a bunch of passes and rush for a thousand yards? Yes. I don't know that he has room to better his position from running back seven, though. I think that's that's a lofty goal. It, it's just air raid offense. It's just such an unknown, I guess, what we're going to actually see on the field here with this offense to to actually answer that. I guess. You said he was what nine last year. That's why I'm not. You said it was seven, Matt. I believe. Yeah, no nine. You were right. Sorry, nine. I said nine. Yep. Okay. I said that wrong. Um, I'm 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 a big David Johnson truther for 2019 or yeah 2019. I almost got my year wrong. Um, now I'm not I'm not sold on after that because he's he's actually one of the older running backs. Mm-hmm. He came out late, um, so he's already what 27, 28 years old. He'll be 28 in the season. Yeah. Okay. So so we're looking at towards the end of the line. However, for this season, if he was already in that awful, awful, awful offense last year. I mean, literally like the worst offense in the NFL last year. If he was able to, to still be a top 10 running back, I, I, I mean, it can't get worse. Assuming assuming health, I don't see how it gets, gets worse than that. And he's going to catch more passes. They constantly ran him straight up the middle. He's much better off the off tackle, um, screen plays, different things like that. I, I think the, the top five running back ceiling is still absolutely there. I mean, you can just spy. You just spy David Johnson's whole offense. Let these rookies beat you. Spy Kyler Murray. That's what I'm looking at. We found our trade guy right here, straight up. Trade David Johnson for Todd Gurley. I bet. I bet. Oh, I do David Johnson for Todd Gurley all day. I bet nine out of ten people would take David Johnson that trade. And I would, I would take, absolutely. Want I would David take Johnson. Gurley a million out of a million times. Seriously? That's how many times? Yeah. A million out of a million. Todd Gurley. Yeah, a million times. At least you're consistent. Let's do the rest of the show. Ask me right now who I'd rather have, Todd Gurley or David Johnson, a million times in a row. I'm not going to change. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley. I can't talk that much. Um, that I think that's a great trade person right there. If you want, I think you're upgrading at the position, and you're getting younger. Todd Gurley over David Johnson. You don't need to add anything. You just get Todd Gurley. I, I think. I mean, I think it's a lateral move for age, just due to longevity, you know, longevity of okay. career type of thing. So I, I don't know if that's really a, a plus that you could you know put up in the pros column, if you will. But, I would. But I think he's a. I, th- I think Todd Gurley's a much better talent. So I mean, I'm with you as far as I would rather have Gurley over him. But. When we're looking at the tight end position, Ricky Seals Jones, who was um, uh, Kyle uh, or uh, Kyler's Cliff Klingsbury's uh, tight end in college. In college, yes. They signed Charles Clay, who made big money in Buffalo for nothing. I mean, he literally just stole that money. He was the Mike Holmgren. What he did the Cleveland Browns. And Charles Clay is a terrible, terrible receiving team. Yes. Ricky Seals-Jones doesn't have the greatest hands in the world. What do we think about Max Williams here? Former second-round pick by the Ravens, one of a 1,000 tight ends that they've drafted really high. Signs in Arizona. Is he intriguing at all in this air raid offense? No. Okay. I th- I think their tight end in the future is not on the team right now. I think they draft their guy next year. Fair enough. 
fair enough. I, I honestly think they're they're going to try to they're going to try to run as many four wides as they possibly can, and and have David Johnson be a single set back, and they don't give a crap about their tight ends. And if there is a tight end in the game, it's to help the really crappy offensive line that's there. So we hate better. all the tight ends. Yes. Yeah. If you had to pick one of them for your dynasty team, like okay, guys, listen, the three of us have to take one of these Arizona Cardinals. And you're the first pick of the three between the three of us. It's Seals Jones. Yeah, it's Seals be- Jones for me too. Just because he's got some sort of receiving chops. And then Max Williams. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Charles Clay is terrible. Okay, that's what I won't get to that point. Yeah. Look at the young receivers here. Now this is where the intrigue is. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to find the number one guy? You have Christian Kirk, who finishes wide receiver number fifty-seven overall last year. Hakeem Butler. Andy Isabella, Chad Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, we mentioned these earlier. Christian Kirk looked pretty good last year in offense. He fits the air, air raid offense pretty good as well. I'm a huge Hakeem Butler fan. Mm-hmm. I know they took Andy Isabella higher than him, and he fits that kind of Christian Kirk kind of role, but he'll be the slot receiver. If you had to take one of these receivers on this team, same same question as before, who are we looking at? Like, who is your guy? Oh, man. This is a tough one. The, the easy answer should be Christian Kirk. Should be the answer. Really? He's he's a year older, higher draft pick, uh, somebody that fits that system pretty well. I know he's not handpicked by them, like an Andy yeah. Isabella. And then you have the big receiver in Hakeem and, Bum. And him, him and Kyler even played together a little bit back in the day. Um, Yeah, it. they're all so close for me. It's probably Kirk, um, then if for dynasty, then it's Butler, then Isabella. This year, I don't think Butler's going to get as much love. So you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be looking only at him because for this Larry season. Fitz is still playing there. That's but, why Butler is going. I mean, that's what he's going to be. He's going to be Larry Fitzgerald's kind of caddy this year, and, and follow him around and yep. learn from him and all sorts of stuff. So it's it's it is going to be a, a slow production year, I think, for for Hakeem Butler. Butler's will be Hakeem Butler will be my number one buy this off season. Entering the 2020 season because no. he won't produce. Uh, Andy Isabella will be on the field more. Christian Kirk will start, and Larry Fitzgerald will start. All right. Another going to air raid offense. Probably have lots of four wide receiver sets, but to be most likely, I believe this year, Isabella fits in Christian Kirk, where Butler learns, where he still, you know, he which he's still in that process, but, you know, we're, he was working with Calvin Johnson. He's working with now Larry Fitzgerald. He's working with some really quality guys, and this is a guy who's gotten better, better, and better. Big body receiver who I think will fit the system really well. Yeah. Who's going to be a nice receiver to grow. And his production is going to be so low this year. His price tag this offseason, people are going to forget all about him. Yeah. They're going to see him as that a fourth they, round pick. They're yeah. not going to yeah, see exactly. it, what it for what it is. And he's going to be super, super cheap. And you're probably going to be able to get him next year in a rookie draft for a 2023rd because that draft is going to be so class. And I'm going to be dra- uh, deep. And I'm going to be all over the Hakeem Butler. Trade bait. Like I'm, I have a very good feeling I'm gonna get him in about ninety percent of my leagues for way lower than his value should be. I think he has the highest upside when it comes to fantasy production on this team. I still love his skill set. I still love his wingspan. I still love the way he can catch the football and go get it, make those great catches. I like Hakeem Butler a lot. Now in a dynasty startup draft, I'm definitely not taking him first because I could wait on him. You know, right. I could wait on a guy like Hakeem Butler. And I think Christian Kirk, who's somebody who I was down on last year, who I didn't overly love, I think finishes wide receiver and not playing all the games. In, I mean, Christian Kirk only played in 12 games last year and still finishes wide receiver 57 as a rookie. I think that was pretty impressive himself on that 
badass team. And by badass, I don't mean like good. You like, mean horrible. I mean right. bad ass team. That's a badass team. Mm-hmm. It still that's, sounds like it's a good really, team. Comma. Yeah, that's still bad that's, comma. That's real confusing. Yeah, that team sucked. All right, there we go. <laughs> All right, sorry. Way to clear that up. Do you think Isabella has a a long, like a nice future? Hit? Like, where do we see Isabella on this offense with this team as a dynasty asset? Like, you know, we talked about the Rams before. They have three receivers that we love. Mm-hmm. You know, that we want. Out, you're starting all three of those on a dynasty team. Can Isabella get there? I, I think he can. I mean, I mean, look at the guy's skill set. He, everyone kind of pigeonholed this guy, right, as like a a a small, quick guy that that's going to operate exclusively out of the slot. But I mean, he's shown on tape, and obviously with his vertical speed, running up, you know, the four point three one, that the guy can also get downfield, and he's tough. He came in as a, as a running back, so this guy. He came into college as running back. This he he's he's more than just a guy that's going to be a slot guy, in my opinion. I think they can move all of these guys kind of all around to fit to to really just match up against the defensive players and really just cause headaches. I mean, you th- you you know you, you th- picture being a defense and having to defend these guys, and all of a sudden it's Hakeem Butler all of a sudden is in the slot, and Andy, Andy Isabella goes out wide, and it's like it throws off your whole defense, and you got Andy Isabella running deep, and and Hakeem Butler doing a little crossing route, and all these guys are just running all over the place wide open. So it's it's definitely got a lot of of potential, but that's all it is right now because we haven't seen it happen yet. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think I think Isabella has some upside i think he's a better actual receiver than people are giving him credit for i think people just want him to be this speed guy and i think i think he's a really good wide receiver um we saw that that cliff kingsbury really specifically wanted him they were excited he was he was specifically excited when they drafted him um so i think he's got big plans for him and we're gonna we're gonna find out i you guys mentioned on an earlier show we're gonna find out really quick uh whether this offense is good for the NFL or not. And we'll, we'll know pretty fast what, what we got out of Isabella, because if this offense does what it has the potential to do, three wide receivers are absolutely able to be fantasy relevant in this offense. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. So we're looking at Isabella with the potential to be that wide receiver three that, you know, a top 36 wide receiver. Yep. Okay. Yeah, definitely. It, it, I, this team is really intriguing, I, and I feel like it's really hard to pigeonhole because it's, it's such a big question mark. You know, everything's going to go. Is it is going to be an air raid offense? And then does that does that hurt David Johnson's value, or will he see a ton of dump off passes from Kyler Murray as he as he slips outside super quick and he dumps it off to David Johnson? Will is Andy Isabella be that? Will Andy Isabella be the slot guy? And will he see tons of targets just from Kyler Murray? Will he play that Marquise Brown role for Kyler? Uh, as that guy, and will the deep threat not be as good for possibly Kyler Murray? Will Christian Kirk's stats take a hit from this because maybe favors Andy Isabella? It's there. We don't know because we don't know how this offense is going to be. I mean, it's another thing that makes Arizona crazy. I mean, like last year we just went through this. They just got a whole new system. They got a new quarterback, and now this year we're hitting the reset button. And not only is it a whole new system, it's a whole new system that the NFL hasn't seen. Yeah. So it's just it's so much unknown. It's very hard. There's a lot of turnover here in the last two years for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, did they what did they do to fix their offensive line, which was terrible? So that's another question mark you throw on there. Is Kyler Murray going to have any time to throw the ball? 
Yeah, there's a lot. That's why out of a lot of teams here in the NFL, this is one where there's a lot of young, intriguing prospects I'm really cautious of because mm-hmm. we don't know how it's going to play out. But I'm going to pay very attention, very close attention to it throughout the preseason and early in the week in as the season starts to help give you my opinion on how I do think it will play out right. in assets I do want to grab and maybe try and get ahead of that early. Right. And, um, and you know, training camp reports are great, but – it is once the games go live is when yep. you really know what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Now let's move on to these next two teams who I'm really excited to talk about a couple of these guys on these teams. Next team in particular, the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson, quarterback number nine overall last year. Chris Carson, running back number 15 overall. Rashad Penny at running back. Nick Vanette, Will Disley at tight end. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, David Moore, Gary Jennings, Amara Darbo at, tight, at receiver. Now, you're talking about a team that was the only team in the NFL last year that ran the ball more mm-hmm. than passed the ball more. They ran 534 times and passed 427. The only team to do something like that. My favorite player on this team, by a 1,000%, is Tyler Lockett. I have been trading for him throughout the whole offseason. I have tons of Lockett shares. Him and Mike Williams, Going back to December were my two big offseason buys that I want to get the most shares of this offseason. I had better success getting Lockett than I did getting Mike Williams. Tyler Lockett finishes wide receiver 16 overall last year. Russell Wilson last year had a perfect passer rating throwing to Tyler Lockett. Wait, say that, say that again. He had a perfect passer rating perfect. passing to Tyler Lockett, 158.3. Tyler Lockett averaged 3.3 PPR points per target. I can't remember where I got the stat from, but he averaged 3.13 points, PPR points per target. That's the most ever over the last 10 years with a wide receiver averaging at least 30 targets. Lockett only had 70 targets last year. Him and Mike Williams were the only two receivers to ever finish with uh, as a wide receiver two in fantasy football with under 100 targets. All right. Those are, that's two reasons why I love those guys a lot. And now we're talking about a guy that they lose bet Doug Baldwin. Right, so Doug Baldwin leaves. He exits the scene. Doug Baldwin, besides going from 2015 to 2017, he averaged 114.7 targets. Last year, Doug Baldwin, even though he sat like three games, he was banged up all last year, still led the team in targets with 73. So where Tyler and Tyler Lockett had seven, 71, so, yep. Yeah, so Tyler Lockett, I know his his touchdowns of 10 is what really helped him get that big boost. He averaged a touchdown 14 percent of his targets. So that's obviously going to regret. He's not going to sustain that. But we're also going to see an uptick in targets. So at the same time, Doug Baldwin's averaging 114. Guess who those targets are going to go to now? Tyler Lockett. So those 70 targets, we're going to see about a 40, 45% boost in there. And if that, that passer rating, you know, kind of falls that along a little bit as well, then we're going to see it really, like, even though his touchdowns may regress a little bit, we're talking 18 points. Possibly if we drop down three touchdowns on the seven, which I think is a reasonable number here for Tyler Lockett around seven, then I'll take those 40 more targets. Say he catches 70% of those, right? right? Right. So we're adding extra. So he loses 18 on the touchdowns, but we're gaining just on receptions alone. We're going to be gaining 20, 25 points. 20, 25 points. That's not even the yardage on top of that. So to me, Tyler Lockett is somebody who's being slept on, who's getting drafted way too low, who the value is way too low. In Dynasty Fantasy Football, he's in, he just signed that long-term contract. He's locked up with Russell Wilson. I want all the Tyler Lockett I can get. As far as I would give, and I did give, a 2020 first for Tyler Lockett. 
I was in a competing team. I utilized this in early January. I gave up a 2021st for Tyler Lockett. The guy took – I literally sent it over. He accepted it like four seconds later. That's a, he loved the trade. Mm-hmm. I feel like he got the, he probably thinks he got the best of me. You know, you tell him like he scored all those points, but really does Rich know he only scored ten touchdowns. This is a receiver that's going to get better. He's one of the he's a fantastic route runner. His route running's got better every single year. We talked about earlier about he Brandon came, Cooks. He came out as a good run, route runner. I mean, and and you know, obviously you refine a ton when you get into the NFL. So yeah, yeah. So we talked about Brandon Cooks being a good value for the price you can get. I think Tyler Lockett's even a better value for the price that you have to give up to get him. Uh, you know, obviously a 2021st is most likely not getting you Brandon Cooks. A 2021st can get you Tyler Lockett. I did it. I got him for that. I've got him for less than that. I made other moves to get Tyler Lockett. You know, Curtis Samuel's on that list that I got as well. I, I love that core of rece- receivers that you can get on a rebuild team. Like if, I, if I'm in a rebuild mode, Going out there and getting Mike Williams. Now, obviously, Mike Williams' price has skyrocketed since sure. I, I mentioned this. But Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, Curtis Samuel. I love that. People are going to use that touchdown number to scare you. Uh, they're going to use that as a regress standpoint. The tire knock you off Tyler Lockett. I'm using that as my advantage, and I'm still buying. I would heavily, heavily target this guy for my dynasty team. Yeah, I'm I'm on board uh, completely with Tyler Lockett. There. I mean, there's nobody else in this offense established to, to throw the ball to. I mean, their tight ends are all over the place. There's rookie receivers coming in. I mean, the only one that Russell Wilson has a consistent rapport with is Tyler Lockett. He's going to be his guy. Now, there's other receivers that have potential that we can talk about in a little bit here, but I don't I don't see why he wouldn't get 100-plus targets this season. I think that would be crazy if he didn't didn't reach that mark. Yeah, easily, 115, 120, right around there. It puts him at he's gonna be he's gonna be flirting those Brandon Cooks numbers. He's gonna be flirting that wide receiver thirteen. They're gonna put up very wide similar, receiver eleven, yeah, very similar numbers. Yep. And if he can with Russell Wilson's smarts, with Russell Wilson's arms, get even if he could touch that touchdown number again, he's a wide receiver one. Lock it up, lock it, lock it up. He's a wide receiver one, and you can buy him right now for not nearly. This is my number one thing I always preach in this podcast. Pay now what might look like an overpay that's going to look like a steal the following year. Tyler Lockett is just glowing with that right now. Right. He's just glowing with that value. I mean, look at the other options. That they, I mean, DK Metcalf, are, are you going to how many how many targets realistically do you think DK Metcalf is going to get? 45, 50 targets? I mean, do Probably. you think that's do you think that's too low? I mean, I can't see more than 60. 60 as the top end? Yeah. Him and Gary Jennings Jr., both are they're fantastic spark score players. You know, no. you know, DK Metcalf, 99th percentile in spark score. Gary Jennings Jr., 95th percentile. Between the two of them, they have a combined, I think, 1,000-yard season in college. Right. You know, like, they don't have a ton of production. Tyler Lockett only got 71 targets last year. I mean, do you th- do you think DK Metcalf's going to approach that within ten? I, I mean, I think I think sixty might even be a little bit high for DK Metcalf. It could be. So I mean, then you're talking. I mean, most of it's got to fall on somebody. And I mean, there, sure, there's another couple of guys that have some sort of game experience. Jerome Brown. I mean, David, David Moore. Moore yeah. the other well, David so, Moore is definitely the other sure. guy here that you would look at as an intriguing prospect as the wide receiver three in a team if they're going to open this up. You know, now that they, now that they said, hey, but we're going to build this franchise around Russell Wilson, maybe they are ready to open this up a little bit. They want to run the heck out of the ball, though, man. They, they, they want to get, they yeah. get both of these running backs 20 carries a game. 
You know what I mean? That's if Pete Carroll had his way, that's exactly what they do every single game. It's self evident. Yeah, I mean they're in the bottom of the league every year when it comes to rushing attempts or uh, pass attempts. So that's been pretty clear. So I'm, I, I just think it's going to be a, an offense that's hard. You're not going to be able to have two guys that are fantasy relevant from the wide receiver position unless DK Metcalf's scoring a bunch of touchdowns because he's not going to have. There's just not going to be a lot of targets for him. Oh, Tyler Lockett, I'm locking it up. Yeah, so lock, ring it Lockett's the guy. For, oh yeah, in my eyes. You should lock it up. Absolutely. Put Get a ring, him. Put a ring on it. Put a ring on. It. Mm-hmm. Tell him you're committed because yeah, Seattle's committed to him and Russell Wilson for the next five years. True. It, you'd be silly not to go out there and acquire this guy. Mm-hmm. Silly. Pushing him. I, I, again, I pushed hard on Mike Williams at the end of the last year. I pushed him real hard. That price has gone up now to where he's no longer a good value for what you got to pay. I'd still pay for him because still I think it's going to look like a, a, I still think the overpay now will be good value in the future. But at this point, it's like, why wouldn't I just move down a tier and get Tyler Lockett for way cheaper? Why wouldn't I move down even another tier and get a guy like Curtis Samuel for even way cheaper than that? I think right now you can overhaul, if you're looking at rebuilding, you can overhaul your roster with youth. If you can't acquire Mike Williams, go out there and acquire a guy like Curtis Samuel and make Tyler Lockett your number one receiver in that team. People like look at your team, most people look at him like, oh, dude, your number one receiver is Tyler Lockett. What are you going to do with that? Wait till the 2019 season's over, and they'll know exactly what you're doing with that and exactly the direction you're going with your dynasty team. Go out there and make that move. Yep. No opposition? No opposition. Okay. Let's talk about the running backs, Matt. You mentioned uh, they want to run the ball a ton. You have a guy like Chris Carson there uh, who is wide receiver, running back number 15. Looked fantastic. He's overall just yeah. a very good running back. They invested a first-round pick, though, in Rashad Penny. I mentioned a stat before. Rashad Penny averaged a 15-yard run every 9.4 carries last year. That was the best rate in the NFL. He's a, you know he can, he can make big-time runs as well here. Can we start? Rashad Penny and Chris Carson on a team? I think there's going to be a point in the year for sure. And it's going to, you know, obviously week one is going to be a little dicey. Early in the year, I think it's going to be hard to say, yes, you can definitely start both these guys. But I think as long as neither one of them gets injured, I think I think they're both going to be fantasy relevant running backs. And that I know that's really hard to say. But, you know, if, if you use Chris Carson – in a, in a manner where he's getting a lot of the touchdowns and, and a lot of the rushes and then Rashad Penny's catching passes and, and also, you know, getting the rece- – obviously the receiving yards that go along with that to go along with maybe 50% of what you're giving Chris Carson in the rushing attack, then they can both be, you know, relevant. In my heart, I just want Chris Carson to go to a team where he can be the guy. I would love to see him go to like Tampa Bay and just ball out. Uh-huh. Like that would be beautiful, but that's not going to happen. So let's let's stay in reality. Um, yeah, I I do think that we're, this is going to be the closest thing that we've seen uh, to two running backs being truly relevant since we had the Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams. I, I don't know that they're going to be quite that effective this year, um, but they, they're they going to have the opportunity to do that more than we've seen any two-back set in a long time. Well, the Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman yeah, uh, that's standpoint true. there. We might see a little bit of that with Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery this year as well. Uh, but I think, I think it is. I think Rashad Penny is going to get some opportunity. They invested in him. He's, he has to. That first-round grade alone, the pay scale – alone makes him a high pay running back and 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 obviously he got he got off on the wrong foot last year you know he came in he was he was out of shape and then he hurt his wrist and there was just a lot of things going and then he's a rookie so there's just a lot of things going against him at the beginning of last year 
And for all intents and purposes, he came in this year in great shape. Chris Carson is the guy that's missing time because he's dinged up. So the tables have kind of turned a little bit on this relationship. And and if he is able to prove early on in this offseason that he can handle the load and and that kind of thing, he's going to get more opportunity. Matt, who will have more fantasy points in PPR leagues this year, Rashad Penny or Chris Carson? Chris Carson. Garrett, who will have more fantasy points this year in a PPR league? I'm going to say Penny. I, too, am going to say Rashad Penny. All right. And I it's like close. Chris it's Carson. It's really, really. I don't close. think it's. I don't. I only. I. Th- I think that mostly because I think they're going to want to try and get more out of Penny this year. And they're going to want to get a little bit more out of their investment, uh, and then hopefully maybe move on and trade Chris Carson, like Garrett said, to another oh, team that needs to run so back happy. for a fifth round pick or a sixth round pick, and There's that's fine. No way that's happening. There is no way Pete Carroll is are. going to I get rid of Chris to. Carson. He that that is pie in the sky crap. He just wants to run the ball. He doesn't care who he, he Pete Carroll doesn't care about your fantasy team. He wants to run the ball. <laughs> he wants Dang to it, win. He wants to win games. Well, he the, doesn't care about having one established running back. He just wants to pound the ball. For and it hurts because you have two really good running backs. You're yeah, in that really Thomason, Michael Turner standpoint where you have yeah. two mm-hmm. really good standpoint. And you can look at San Diego right now or L.A. right now with Austin Eckler and uh, Melvin Gordon. I think Austin Eckler is a really good running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's proven that he could be a quality. I think Austin Eckler could be a starting NFL running back. And right now, Seattle just so happens to have two, potentially, because Penny is the question here. The first-round pick is the question. Sure. Started running backs. Well, and the cool part is, if, if if you're a Penny owner, you have to feel great that Mike Davis is out the door. Because if he just gets those touches, mm-hmm. he he's absolutely relevant. I mean, I'm trying to remember how many touches Mike Davis got. I wish I would have had the number in front of me. Um, but it, it was something like, you know, 100-plus touches that Mike Davis got. You give those to Penny. He got 112, um, 112 attempts. Okay, and so then, just and then thirty four receptions on top of that. So he had quite a bit of production: five hundred yards of of rushing, another two hundred yards of receiving. Exactly. So Penny will get most too. of that. Penny yeah. will get most of that. Carson might take a little bit of that, but it will mostly be mostly be Penny. So there's enough volume for the two of them to do that. And like I said, he'll probably get an uptick on top of that as well, just because of the draft pedigree. Uh, let's see how he does in the passing game as well, because that's not Chris Carson's forte whatsoever. Right. So if Penny can utilize that, that's where I think he gets the uptick when it comes to PPR overall fantasy points. And I just want to see Chris Carson become, if he becomes a timeshare back fat backfield, give me the guy who's going to be catching the football. If Penny can do that, that's the guy I want. That's why I get worried about Chris Carson. I think he's a dynamic running back, but I think he's going to get pigeonholed into a true split situation. And he's going to be touchdown dependent, and he's not going to be catching footballs. In a, in a normal NFL offense, I would say, dude, you're 100% right. In this offense where they want to run the ball and they're dedicated more than any other team, you said that they ran the ball more than they passed the ball. They're the only team in the NFL that did that. I I'll take either one of them, but I, for me, I just think Chris Carson is going to eke it out. I think he's going to have slightly more production. And let's look at they ran the ball 534 times last year. Let's say that let's just take it for, like at, at face value and say they split it. You're still looking at 265 and a half catches or rushes per place, which is crazy. 265 catches would be insane. 265 <laughs> rushes is a lot. Yeah, that's a season almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a season for an RB one. That's it's his job alone. Exactly. Right. So Matt is right. I think you could definitely see there's definitely high potential here for to have two startable running backs, probably both running back twos, most likely, but it's definitely possible. 
Let's move on to the 49ers. Let's wrap this up, shall we? Let's do it. You got Jimmy Garoppolo, who got hurt last year with ACL. Jarek McKinnon, hurt last year with ACL. Tevin Coleman, they signed, former college Shanahan running back. Finished his running back 18 last year, banged up in Atlanta uh, as the guy. Matt Breda, kind of a forgotten guy who averaged 5.3 yards per carry last year. Finished his running back 24. He was a running back two overall. Kyle Juszczyk, the uh, fullback who does catch some footballs. He catches the ball, yeah. Uh, well, George Kittle, the number two overall dynasty tight or fantasy tight end last year, Dante Pettis at receiver, Debo Samuel at receiver. They signed Jordan Matthews. They drafted J- Jalen Hurd. They got Marquise Goodwin, and they also have Kendrick Bourne as well. There, don't sleep on Trent Taylor there in the slot either. In Trent Taylor, hmm. I'm sleeping on. Him, I'm sorry because I can't. I think Kendrick Bourne's better at receiver than Trent Taylor here. Uh, odd man out here would definitely be Jordan Matthews, uh, former Vanderbilt receiver, high dynasty draft pick. But Trent, we'll, Trent Taylor has so far outplayed Kendrick Bourne, just to let you know, in okay. the offseason stuff. So. I, I can care about, let, to be honest with you, I can care less about either of them. I'm just being honest with you here. Uh, to me, you know, I think they're going to they're gonna build on Jalen Hurd as well. The two starting run receivers here are Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel. And I've already made my case that I like Debo Samuel significantly more than Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis is somebody last year finishes wide receiver 61. Now, our or wide receiver 70 i'm sorry he had 61 catches for like 100 or 27 catches for 467 yards and five touchdowns now he only played in 12 games and you're like rich he only played in 12 games how you know wide receiver 70 it's that's fine well christian kirk only played in 12 games he finishes wide receiver 57 rashad higgins only played in 13 games he finishes wide receiver 60 that's right rashad higgins did better than dante pettis last year um cooper cup only played eight games last year Eight games. That's less than 12, right, Garrett? That is less than about, 12. About, you know, it's about three quarters of the way less. Yeah. Last time I checked. He finishes wide receiver 51 as a third receiver on his team. Now, granted, Dante, I just want to, I want to use that stat as people that said, oh, well, he only finishes wide receiver 70 because he only played 12 games and he was a rookie. And honestly, most of those stats came out of those 227 catches, 467 yards, and five touchdowns between. I know he had a really slow start, but most of those stats only came between week 12 and 14, where he had 12 catches for 255 yards and four touchdowns. Now, I will say over the last five games in his defense, they did average 71.8 yards per game. And if you extrapolate that over 16 games, it's 1,148 yards. That's why receiver one numbers right there, you know, for an NFL team. Sure. That's if Dante Pettis is the wide receiver one in this team. A lot of people are going to make the case that Dante Wet Pettis is going to be the wide receiver one in this team. I just don't happen, don't believe that he's going to be the wide receiver one in this team. I think Debo Samuel is going to be the wide receiver one in this team. I think Dante Pettis is a really good route runner, but so is Debo Samuel. Jared, uh, Dante Pettis is six foot one, 195 pounds, where Debo Samuel is built like a running back. About 210 pounds, 5'10 five, five or 5'11 or something like that. Yeah, and... Kyle Shan does love the focus on that number one receiver in his offense. Who's going to go down there and get the ball? So who is going to be the number one receiver? Who do you guys? I'm taking Debo Samuel over Dante Pettis. And I might have unfairly kind of poo-pooed on Dante Pettis maybe a little too much throughout the year uh, on this show because I think he is a nice receiver and can run good routes. And I like that Kyle Shanahan system here. But again, I'm still taking Debo Samuel. I think Dante Pettis is like a nice... High, his high upside is like a mid-range, like wide receiver 15, 16, I think is his upside personally for me. Um, what say you guys, Garrett? 
I'm still taking Debo. Uh, I think the gap is close. I think they're both really talented. So it will be interested to, interesting to see if Shanahan still sticks with kind of heavily targeting one guy or not. Um, because if that's the case, the, the gap will widen greatly for whoever the number one guy is. All behind George Kittle. Well, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that'll be the interesting thing to see. But right now on, on just the pure player alone, I'm taking Debo. But Pettis does have a year year up in the system on him, so we'll see. But but on pure town alone, I'm taking Debo. Matt, definitely the point I was going to make uh, to piggyback off you there was the one year of experience that Dante Pettis has over a guy like Debo Samuel's, who obviously is going to be, you know, working his way in as a rookie. And, and obviously, we've seen plenty of rookies come in and have slow starts. So for for me, I, I would say if I just had to pull out uh, my crystal balls, which I don't have. I would think that Dante Pettis, you know, early on in the season at least, will lead this team as the as the number one type of wide receiver. But as the year goes on, I think we're going to see a transition of of sorts where where Debo Samuel's, you know, if he catches on, you know, you, you got to hope a guy does. But you know, from what we saw on tape and everything like that, he's just the tougher, more physical, just more NFL styled wide receiver to me. Where where you know when you see a guy like Dante Pettis. I always saw um, a more frail guy, not a guy that was going to fight for extra yardage, um, using just basically his quicks t- to get around guys. Whereas indeed, Bill Samuels has a nice combination of quickness and strength, and you know, just power and stuff like that. So I, I do like you know, obviously Debo Samuels for the long run. Yeah, I think those Debo Samuel has a skill set that you look forward to in a player that you want to get the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. Where Dante Pettis has a skill set you're going to look to when you get the ball when he's open. You know what I mean? You're not going to force feed a guy like Dante Pettis because he's going to he's going dis- to. I feel like in a situation like that, he'll disappoint more than he satisfies your quench of points. Right. If you're forcing a ball to a guy that's just going to grab the ball and either get tackled or make a move and, and and you know gain a couple more yards, it's there's less margin for error. You know, like like you were saying. But if a guy is able to create on his own or break tackles and stuff like that, when you get him, you know, get him the ball in short routes, you know, you might be a little bit more liable or or not liable. You might be a little bit more, you know, able and willing to to give him the ball. How how worried are you too about about the injuries? Because he did struggle with injuries a lot in college. He's already reportedly been banged up in camp this year. Is that a, is that a concern at all for you guys? Or are you not too worried about it? With with Samuel, with Debo, yeah. Debo Samuel, it's it's a, that's always a concern. A guy who show, who's been consistently hurt, uh, but I'm also not going to put that. I, let's see, I'm going to feel. You know what I mean? Like sure. I give everybody the benefit of a doubt when it comes to something like that because, you know, is it just one lingering injury that he needed time to heal? Definitely when you're coming back when you're trying to train for the NFL. You know, like if he was hurt at the end of last year, going to the Senior Bowl training for the NFL combine, going right to rookie minicamp and stuff like that, and he's banged it's up now. It's a lot of football. You know what I mean? So those rookie coming into those rookie years, I don't get the same thing like Mike Williams. You know, like a lot you see a lot of these receivers and players that do something like that that come in and it just lingers that first year and you're like, oh the injury prone. But meanwhile it's just because they're literally playing football for almost two years straight, nonstop. It's a lot on your body. I'm not overly worried yet, but we'll see. I mean same thing with Leonard Fournette. This is it for Leonard Fournette for me for this year and his ankle how long does that keep happening? I'm Anthony Miller, another perfect example last year of a guy that we just really liked throughout the whole process. I don't think he was ever right last year. No, he hurt his shoulder like five times last year. Exactly. In Chicago. So another prime example, someone mm-hmm. who we liked a lot, mm-hmm. 
laxes of injury. Maybe Debo feels the same way, you know, ends up the same way where he banged up, starts off a little slow, but his true value becoming the 2020 season, not the 2020-19. Again, this is Dynasty Fantasy Football. Give me Debo Samuel over Dante Pettis. This is one I could see myself potentially being wrong on, but I'm still going to put my chips on Debo Samuel. I don't, I don't like Dante Pettis as much as the rest of the Dynasty world does. Me neither. But I'm also... I've come around on him to the point where I like him more than I did before. Well, there are reports also that he came out. They came. He came in uh, to camp this year with some added bulk, which which is something I thought he needed. Check his pants for a sock. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I want. I want. I want true doubt. I want to make sure this is not, you know, phony baloney over down here. Is George Kittle the number one target in this offense still? Yeah. Yeah. I agree, hundred percent. Some I don't think were, it's close. A lot, you see a lot of people talk about regression when George Kittle, like, well, now these other, they're bringing these other weapons. He was the only weapon there last year and everything. They, now he's going to not be the number one target. I'm like, let me go back to the beginning of what I said. We started talking about the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan loves his number one weapon, right. his number one big weapon, which has usually been Julio Jones. But even with the Browns, it was Josh Gordon. You know, he loves his big weapon. His big weapon in this offense is George Kittle. 100%. I don't think George Kittle regresses at all. I think George Kittle is a top three tight end. Look at the horse crap he had thrown to him last year. He's going to actually have a good quarterback thrown to him this year, which is he's going to make a difference. I mean, dynasty overall tight end rankings. Matt, where's George Kittle live for you? Yeah, breathe in that microphone. Yeah. Exhale. Exhale. That was my exhale. You keep thinking, Garrett. Where does George Kittle lie for dynasty tight end overall for you? As of right now, he is two behind behind Kelsey. A 29-year-old uh, tight end that has nine surgeries. I, it, it's He's number one for me. That's why it was taking so long to get there. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, Who's number one for you? It, it's it's Kittle. Okay. That, that's that's the right answer. All right. Sarah Garrett's answer. <laughs> uh, I think I think when we're talking uh, the, the patented two- to three-year window, I still think Kelsey is going to be the, the wide receiver or the tight end one for that time. If you could – let me see if I have this um, – my computer's not on. Son of a gunshot. I want to see the point. Di- Does that, can somebody tell me the point differential between Kittle and Kelsey? Year. Now, I know that, I I know that was probably pretty large. Kelsey just dominated. But Kittle did finish his tight end number two overall last year. For me, George Kittle, I'm with Matt. He's the number one dynasty tight end. I, I just can't take – I'm sorry. I cannot take a 29-year-old tight end who's had nine surgeries. So the, the fantasy points per game difference between Kittle and Kelsey was like 2.3 points per game. Yeah, so, I mean, I love, again, redraft all day. I, I'm in the Scott Fishbowl. I just took Kelsey mm-hmm. 1-5 And I have Kittle. There we go. Look at that. I took 1-5. Matt, you have the five pick. You took Kelsey I sure at 1-5. Mm-hmm. I love Kelsey. This is not anything to – but Kelsey falls in the category of me of literally I come when a dynasty startup draft value like I know I'm not getting him I'll have, I'll never get him because I'm never going to take him where he's going to go he's a 29 year old tight end I love that offense who's had nine surgeries I can't do that when you get as you get older those surgeries start to take a toll I don't care how minor a surgery is it's a surgery you're being cut open with a knife you're having something done with you those add up over time it causes problems and. I love Kelsey, and I love him for the next couple years, but he's going to start slowly taking a step back here eventually because sure. of all these injuries. He had, again, he had a clean-up surgery this year on the ankle. Ankle, yep. It's always down low with Kelsey, with him. So, well, well, well. Yeah, good, frisky, <laughs> good frisky there, partner. Um, 
so for me, I, I just I, I I'm going elsewhere. Like I'm looking at the T.J. Hawkinsons. I'm taking you know who hasn't done anything yet. That's fair. You know to be fair, but I'm taking Evan Ingram's. You know, the upside of a guy like David. I'm, I'd rather wait. For me, I like Kelsey a ton, but he's just not on that radar. I'd be more intrigued with a guy like, hey, why take Kelsey? I'll just take Dallas Goddard. Like ten rounds later, you that's, know? that's me too. I never, I, I almost never drafted uh, one of the early tight ends. I don't think I've drafted higher than like the eighth, third, ninth tight end all year. So I, I agree with that. And it, it's not my, it's not my dislike for Kittle that puts him at two. It's just my confidence in Kelsey, and specifically that offense with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback that leaves him at. at yeah, but these are one. dynasty rankings, Garrett, not redraft rankings, right? But for the next three years, I still think he's going to be that guy. I'd be surprised if we for sure get that that kind of production out of Kelsey for three years. I'd be a little surprised with the intake, you know, of these other tight ends coming in. They, the field's actually growing. Evan Ingram's a little bit better. He's the best weapon there in New York. A guy like T.J. Hawkinson. Let's see what he does in Detroit. Um, and Joku getting a little bit better here. A guy like Howard. George Kittle, O.J. Howard out there. Sure. If somebody even Ertz, you know, Ertz is always going to be in there too, and Ertz is twenty eight. Without yep. the injury history, and it, you, we're talking offenses. Look at that Philadelphia offense. I mean, Carson Wentz is a fantastic quarterback mm-hmm. out there for him. So to me, that's the only thing that worries me about Kelsey putting that dynasty rankings. Yeah, I'd have him right around three, you know, two, three, right around there. Sure. But those to me are just I can't I can't put them any lower. You know, without looking silly, mm-hmm. I just I wouldn't take them. I guess it's the best point about it. And I love Kelsey. It's just I wouldn't take him. Mm-hmm. The rest of this team on here, let's talk about the running back situation, and then we'll wrap this up because this is really important here. Tevin Coleman, Matt Breda, and Jarek McKinnon. Now, everybody thought they were going to cut Jarek McKinnon when they signed Tevin Coleman. It didn't happen. And now we have a three-headed monster here because we cannot just dismiss Matt Breda. No, we can't. Not at all. He was too good last year. And Tevin Coleman knows the offense. He could be the thumper. He was the guy last year, even though he was a little bit banged up in uh, Atlanta. But it's kind of his pass catching role. I thought he'd be a little bit more involved. It wasn't really that involved. He was it. a lot more involved when he was with Kyle Shanahan, though, in the passing game. But now you have Jer- Jarek McKinnon. I think I think he's going to flip that. Jarek McKinnon is going to be the passing down running back. So hard to figure out. Not, I still think this is. I think this is still clear cut to me. It's been the most clear cut thing I've been preaching literally now for two years since they signed Jarek McKinnon. I still love. McKinnon in this offense. Absolutely love him. Kyle Shanahan's pass catcher running back, even going back to Duke Johnson, uh, has been a fantastic fantasy own in fantasy football. So can you see let me just let me just throw this out here. It's kind of a crazy situation, but can you see the scenario where it's McKinnon lining up in the backfield and Coleman going out wide and just lining up in the wide receiver position? It's something he did in Atlanta. Because, I mean, there's a lot of youth there in the wide receiver court. Not a lot of guys that are established beyond, like, a Marquise Goodwin. No, I can, I can flip it, though. I can see them lining up Jerick McKinnon out in the slot. But Coleman's already done it. I think they In Shanahan's still, offense. I think McKinnon's good enough in the receiving game and run enough routes where they could absolutely get – now, again, two years studying the playbook as well. It's not like – it's not like he was just sitting around and doesn't know the playbook, you're right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about a couple guys. You know, Garoppolo's been out for most of the year, too. These are two guys that have been probably rehabbing together and talking and playbook. So he knows the playbook. I mean, He's not coming in blind here right. as well. Might that be their best formation, though? I mean, like two, 
two running backs and a fullback on the on the field with George Kittle and a wide receiver. I and mean, Jalen Hurd might be that fullback. Sure, who knows? You know, potentially run him out wide too and be this Nick kind of like her that Kyle Hughes check. You know, mode where Kyle Hughes, Kyle Hughes check was catching football, so he could use Jalen Hurd there, or maybe do double tight end sets with like using Jalen Hurd in that kind of role or on the outside. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see something like that. I'm interested to see how they use the running backs. But I mean, if you told me one running back I had to own this year for fantasy football, I 100% want Jarek McKinnon. I'm dying on this island. <laughs> it's so hard, man. I don't want a piece of any of it. To no, me, it's easy. That's me too. I don't. I don't really want any of it because I, I actually really, really like Breda a lot. I mean, of the of the running backs that had 150 carries or more and also averaged five yards a carry, here's the list: Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, Nick Chubb, Philip Lindsay, and Matt Breda. It's six players, and they're all elite players in Matt Breda. So, I, I mean, and Philip Lindsay. Well, okay, maybe not elite with Philip Lindsay, but he had an elite season last year. Yes. Um. So uh, that's the tough part is all of these guys are good. Coleman's good. McKinnon's good. I I just don't have a good enough feel for it that I I feel confident owning. Uh, I shouldn't say not confident owning, putting putting any true faith in any one of them right now. Okay, that's fair, and I feel like. I feel like 90% of the community feels that way as well. And they're real nervous about the situation. Again, give me the McKinnon shares. Uh, I, I'm telling you, the player I'm most nervous about is not McKinnon. It's Tevin Coleman. And I think I think people are going to be overblowing the situation that he was in that system before. He knows Tevin Coleman. Uh, I, think, I, think, I think you have to be worried about Tevin, right Tevin Coleman. When was the last time Tevin Coleman like played a well? I was gonna say played full season, but I think it was last year. But before but that, he was, but he was banged up last year. He yeah, was, he yeah. was playing banged up. You know, it, it, it's just for me. I think you have to be more worried about people are worried about Tevin Coleman hurting Jarek McKinnon. I think you have to be more worried about Matt Breda hurting Tevin Coleman. Because I think McKinnon's role is defined in this offense and what he wants to do. And, and Shanahan said when they signed him, and people forget about this, that when he they signed McKinnon this big money, Shanahan was just boasting about it, how he just fits his system perfectly, mm-hmm. how he has all these plays specifically designed for McKinnon that he was not able to lose, use last year. They also lost Garoppolo with. So his playbook is something that we're not even having even seen yet because you didn't yeah. use Brita in that role as well. I think we were going to be completely surprised about Jarek McKinnon. In my redraft leagues, I'm going to have – so many shares of him, it's going to be disgusting. I'll have him probably on every single redraft league. Maybe, again, it's only a two-year window because they have him locked up for the next couple of years, McKinnon as well. So this is something you're looking at. We talk about again, hashtag two, three-year window. I think the production you get out of McKinnon for his prices, you're going to be very pleasantly surprised. You can go out and trade for Jarek McKinnon for absolutely disgustingly cheap right now. You can. Mm-hmm. You can get Jarek McKinnon, I think, easily for a 2020 second-round pick. Yep. You disagree? Anybody disagree on too. that? If he produces, I, I would love to get him for that. To be honest, if he produces and I, and I, and I, like and I, that, yeah, and I'm having a hard time figuring out if I like the guy or not. But for a second round pick, I mean, that's worth it for me. I would, I would bet in a majority of dynasty leagues, you can get McKinnon for a 2020 second round pick. And that 2020 second round pick is going to be a really good pick. You know, not real. It's going to be a quality player, better than most years. But if you can get two years out of McKinnon and what I think he could do and be the number one fantasy option. In this offense, on a team that we don't even have a defined, their number one receiver is their tight end. They'd be the pass catcher running back for Kyle Shanahan. It's going to pay dividends in return. 
that you you would be happy of that 2020 second round pick. Sherrick McKinnon, I like him. And that's it. That's our. That's uh, it. That, that wraps it up. That's it? our NFC West. And thanks to DynastyOwner.com. Make sure you check them out on their Indiegogo campaign. Make sure if you want to talk Dynasty Fantasy Football, hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. I'm at Dynasty Price. Make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com every single day. We have all, I think we're just wrapping up, Garrett, on our uh, articles of all 32 teams. Yeah, breakdowns. I think we're, I think. We might have one or two left, but we're pretty darn close. So make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com. Every single team we have a breakdown on there. All our articles are free on DynastyNerds.com. Make sure you check out that. If you want to see our exclusive rankings, use our buy-sell tool. Um, get ready to join on this mock draft tool that we're going to have here. Make sure you join the Nerd Herd. The Nerd Herd is uh, exclusive behind paywall content you're going to get from the Dynasty Nerds. Our rankings, we have IDP rankings, PPR rankings, standard rankings, super flex tight end premium rankings, rookie rankings, all those for your uh, – for your eyes only. I know IDP rankings have that offense and defensive players mixed in together, so they get overall rankings there. Make sure you support the site uh, by give us a ranking and review on iTunes. We appreciate that as well, but it's definitely more important that you join the Nerd Herd. Literally for the price of uh, a cup of coffee, you get a whole extra hour of podcast from us once a week. That's To me, that's the whole worth it right there. Buy definitely. one of us a cup of coffee once a week, and you get four extra hours to hang out with me, Garrett and Matt talking Dynasty Fantasy Football. If you enjoyed the NFC West, well, now for that cup of coffee, you hear us break down the AFC West. And next week, you begin our sleepers or whatever we want to do next year, next week uh, for the Nerd Herd, which is going to have that kind of content for you. Make sure you sign up today. Don't miss out with the rest of the Dynasty community is already getting their hands on. Don't be left behind in your league. Again, the whole point of playing Dynasty Fantasy Football is to win. Let us help you do that. See you next week. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.